Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf and Luke on a Thursday morning, a very active Thursday morning, to the point where Kellen Olsen's in for Wolf, but now Kevin Zimmerman's in for Kellen Olsen. <laughs> mid-season trade here. What's going on, Kevin? Now look, the mid-season trade's risky, right? Because if you upgrade, then it's, it's good, but as we saw with the Suns, you have to acclimate everybody together. How many games do I get in before we know whether this is going to work? Uh, you get two segments. Yeah, you get two segments. As long as you don't get hurt between segments, you get two yeah. full segments to figure this out. Uh, all right, we're going to start here. We've got some DA, uh, some audio about DA that we waited till Kellen left that we're going to play here in a few minutes, but not here. Bradley Beal is going to do his introductory press conference at eleven thirty. We're going to be joined by Bradley Beal at some point in the twelve o'clock hour today too. So we'll finally get to talk to Bradley Beal the Phoenix Sun and hear from him as a Phoenix Sun. So I guess let's just start there. Um, Just some of the stuff you want to hear from him or hear asked of him today. Yeah, I mean, I think I always liken his career path a little bit like books where it's just you're in a place that's not known as a winning team. You toil there. You work really hard to kind of pull the team out of that. And he did a little more than book um, in his career. But then it's just gone south since. And I I think I'm interested to see if Bradley Beal, like why he wanted to leave and what he saw from his perspective. And I'm sure he's not going to put Washington down. He obviously wrote that letter um, to how great it was there and how much he grew there. But I'm curious, like what changes in an athlete's career to get to this point where it's just like, all right, I want to go join a super team and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and kind of chase something very fresh and very different than he's been in like John Wall and him were a really good tandem for a little bit and and things just didn't work out and they never really got super deep in the playoffs or anything so I'm curious to see kind of his thought processes and reminiscing on his career and like looking forward yeah and and, you know for me we're not going to hear this today obviously because there's no way to know it yet but there seems to be this thought of like okay you got him he signed for three years and then what are you going to do after that you know he's, he's definitely gone he doesn't have to definitely be gone in three years. Now we got to see how this goes, right? I mean, if he's only playing 50 games a season for the next three years, then he's probably not going to be here beyond the next three years. But when that contract is up, this is not like Kevin Durant where he's going to be towards the very end of his career. He's going to be, what, I think 32 when that contract's up. So this could be a, a piece that you're building around for not just the next couple of seasons. This could be for a while. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where the guy like everything changes in this league so fast that I I don't even know how these guys think beyond that, right? So, like, look, he's locked in. He has a no-trade clause coming over still. I, I, as... And if I were in his place, I would just think that I'm focused on this year and and it should go well. Like, you just look at these guys, they're going to be a pretty decent team no matter what they put around them. Um, and maybe you flounder a couple of years and maybe this is all blown up, but I, I don't think there's any reason to even think like what happens in three years because, like, you're in a good spot. And I think that's what he thinks, that's what Book thinks, that's what KD thinks, and that's why. We're talking about Kyrie Irving, too, this morning. (laughs) (laughs) You said the word. All right, so let's go there for a second. Kellen and I just tried to hash this out at the start of the show, which was very frustrating because we wanted to talk D-backs to start the show, and then the Kyrie stuff from Chris Haynes. 
I can't. The stuff that I don't like in life is stuff that I can't find the logic in. Right? Like, yeah. let me start there and be like, okay, well, logically, okay, if I understand the logic, then we can move forward with it. I don't understand the logic of Kyrie intending, as the tweet was sent out, to meet with the Phoenix Suns. What? It, <laughs> they can't. You can give him the veterans minimum, which he's not going to take. You can trade DeAndre Ayton for him, I guess, and lock yourself into a hard cap. And I, by the way, would much rather have DA than Kyrie. Or is he just doing this to try to drive up his price in Dallas? Which, as I told Kellen, what, what does that look like? You go back to Dallas and you're like, the Suns will give me three million. Like Dallas isn't going to care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I don't know what to make of it other than it's agents trying to boost stock. Look. I think everyone can agree that if Kyrie Irving is the guy who would take a vet minimum, Kyrie Irving's the guy who would take a massive pay cut, I, I, they could do a sign-and-trade, and Dallas had interest in DeAndre Ayton, so in theory, maybe Kyrie takes, I don't even know the math right now, um, You know, he'd be paid eight figures, but lower-end eight figures, not even DA's 30 million-ish number. I... I just don't see why you do it if you're the Suns because at some point there is redundancy and like too many perimeter offensive yeah. guys and like we we lived through Goran Dragic complaining about standing in the corner with two other point guards <laughs> like I know this is a very different situation but at some point there's redundancy and you don't want to give up defense to to have four guys who can do the same thing and that's a great point because that's not even accounting for the off the court stuff that is just simply basketball fit I know everybody not everybody but a good chunk of Suns fans are down on DA and I get it there's a lot of issues there with consistency but if you already have Devin Booker Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal would you rather have Kyrie or would you rather have DeAndre Ayton? At that point, I would rather have DeAndre Ayton. And before anybody's like, well, yeah, but you'd save all that money. No, you wouldn't. Matt Ishbia would save some money, but it's not like you could go spend it on your team because of the cap rules. They would be in an even tougher cap situation because they'd be hard capped, couldn't bring back like guys like Jock Landale who would make over minimum. Who, by um, the way, you would need at that point. Yeah. You have no centers. <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense because Frank Vogel wants defense. He wants shooting. He wants, like, if four of your guys who are going to command all the minutes are not really known as defenders, like Book and KD, you can say, are a little above average if they're, you know, playing really hard defense, then. Yeah, but I, I just it doesn't make sense with the Frank Vogel hire either. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, it definitely feels like a like you said originally, like somebody's trying to drive up value or it's an agent or whatever. It's a story that's out there. I mean, I guess it's the Suns somehow being involved in another big story, even when they don't have any money that they are allowed to spend. They're st- still being linked to big names. It's it's Matt Ishbia, so I've already learned in four and a half months to never say never. Yeah, because he makes stuff happen. I'm just not. sure sure like I was fully on board with KD even though you had to give up Mikel Bridges and fully on board with Bradley Beal because you really didn't give up anything that you were going to keep I'm not on board with this one and then we haven't even talked about what it could potentially do to the locker room if things go south Ugh. at any point so back to Bradley Beal yeah <laughs> so we can take our vacation from that conversation can you imagine though because you know Kellen pretty well mm-hmm. can you imagine if if in the middle of the show he had to go in like two weeks to do the introductory press conference with Kyrie Irving <laughs> <laughs> the sort of mood he would be in uh, I don't want to think about that no it would be entertaining I guess for our purposes our, yeah we would have fun with it we would we'd laugh a lot uh, specifically at Kellen with Bradley Beal um 
the wrinkle here is he's never been on a team like this. There haven't been a lot of teams like this, but he's just been the guy in Washington. When John Wall was healthy, John Wall was a pretty good player too, so he had that tandem. But he has not, Bradley Beal, been on a team like this where you're playing with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and, and who knows who else, but even just those two. And we went back and looked it up before the show. He was supposed to be on that Olympic team, got sick, couldn't go. So he would have played with with, uh, with KD and Book in the Olympics. What was that, like two years ago now? Uh, but that's going to be something that I just assume is going to work out, that he's going to fit in. But it's he hasn't had to do that yet. Yeah, I mean, with Wall, younger Bradley Beal, like you look at the catch-and-shoot numbers or the touch time is less than two second numbers which probably are catch and shoots and they're all like super high when he played with wall and that's kind of the most appealing part of this guy is like no he doesn't want to be a stand in the corner guy he probably won't be just because like there will be enough touches because all the other guys are going to be role players but when he does stand in the corner when he does stand on the opposite wing on the weak side like he's just going to let it fly. He's going to have guys four feet away instead of two feet away, six feet away instead of eight feet away, or sorry, the reverse I of that. Say, wait, they got yeah, closer. I, I can't can't do math. <laughs> but but the point is like what you saw from Book and KD, like they were so efficient when they played with one another, and that's just because like how do you guard this? You you send doubles, and then Booker's shooting wide open wing threes. Like that's kind Putting of what's going to happen. A game in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a much better scenario than the one where Kyrie comes in and just <laughs> lights everything on fire and then goes to a different team in a year. Uh, all right, Kevin's going to stick around. When we come back, we just talked up how much it would be uh, it would be good to have DA considering the other option if it's Kyrie. But when we come back, play a couple Michael Wilbon clips that um, definitely tell a different story. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke. Now Kevin Zimmerman in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It's Wolf and Luke. Kevin Zimmerman is in for Wolf right now. Uh, Kevin, we were talking during the break. Would you call it basically like a challenge to figure out how many different ways DeAndre Ayton can be in the news with nothing actually happening in one week? Yeah, that, all that you said, challenge. It's yeah. like the next TikTok yes. thing. <laughs> well, we're on the forefront of this one because Monday it was he's not getting moved. Tuesday it was, boy, Dallas really wanted him on draft night, which was not even a week ago at that point. It's not even really a week ago right now. Wednesday, I don't even remember, but it did come up on the show yesterday because I remember Kellen's face was was priceless because he's like, why are we talking about TA again? And then today you have this from Michael Wilbon, who was on Bickley and Murata this morning. And there's a couple cuts here I'm going to play. He didn't mince words, Michael Wilbon, who... Look, he's a well-known Chicago guy, Bulls fan. He does. He's he's here in Phoenix a lot. He has a at least used to have a, a home here in uh, in Phoenix. But he was on with Bickley and Murata this morning and said flat out, "This shouldn't be an issue with Da because he should have been moved a while ago." Frank Vogel's an accomplished coach. He's won a championship. Can he get somebody? Aiden. Look, the Suns should have traded Aiden last year, and you know I said that to you. Yep. They should have gotten rid of him. They. This is not news. This is not breaking news that DeAndre Aiden is a flawed, a gifted but flawed player. He also averaged 19 and 10. <laughs> so, you know, I was hoping that the Bulls might think that he could do something with a change of scenery there. And, and, the, and the Suns could wind up with a guy like Vucevic, who 
who's, whose style fits much more what the Suns do, although he is not defensively as good as Aiden. All right, so a couple things here for you, Kevin. <laughs> One, if that 38-second cut doesn't summarize how confusing DeAndre Ayton is, again, Michael Wilbon is a Bulls fan. He started that off by saying, you guys should have gotten rid of him a year ago, but I wouldn't mind him in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go through the roller coaster of emotions there. But the second thing, now that we... Now that we're at a point where it seems like it's pretty difficult to get any value for DA, and, and with the benefit of hindsight, looking back over the last year or even two, is there a way they could have handled this better? I, I don't think so. That's where I'm kind of like, it's easy to say they should have traded him a year ago, and we all had these same conversations before the Pacers signed him to that offer sheet, but it was the same thing then. They were in a pickle, and they're still in a pickle where... Look, he has value. You, you want to keep him on that team where the salary was for the team then, like even signing him to a max. Like, yeah, you do it because you don't want to lose talent for nothing. And if there were no good deals then, again, same problems about consistency and wondering if you can get more out of him. They would have moved him, you would have thought. And I just don't think it was on the table then. I still think it's not on the table, and it's kind of the same thing. And that's why it's redundant, and we're mm-hmm. talking about it um, over the course of a year plus, two years maybe. Uh, you know, that's that's the... Like, his value, his trade value just isn't there right now. I'm with you. I don't think it was necessarily there a year ago. It was probably higher a year ago because he he actually took a step back on the court this year. The time to trade him, and this is a 100% benefit of hindsight, would have been two years ago coming out of that NBA Finals run. But two years ago coming out of the NBA Finals run... I didn't want to trade DeAndre. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, this is the guy, right? I remember distinctly thinking, I don't care if he can bring it. I had lowered my standards at this point. I don't care if he can bring it consistently for 82 regular season games. If he's going to be a playoff guy, that's great. Some of the best players in league history have made career out of being playoff guys, right? Now, this year he was not a playoff guy. Um, here's more from Michael Wilbon on with Bickley and Murata. I don't know if Bogle can. That's the question. That's the question. That's the Suns season hinges on that question. If they don't trade Aiton, and they should, and they need to, what can Vogel get out of him? I don't know. Vogel doesn't know. He's hopeful. He's been a terrific coach. Defensively, that's where he hangs his hat. But I I would just, I'd be looking, I would trade Aiton. I'm not having Aiton on my roster. Aiton submarine that team last year. And so it's not just, it wasn't just about focus. You know, he's a flawed guy. Mm-hmm. I would not have had him on that team. All those guys knew this. This wasn't one or two players. Monty Williams knew it coming into the season, Big. So that's encouraging. <laughs> my, my biggest thing is, and Frank Vogel kind of talked up about empowering his stars and having conversations and having kind of a two-way street with them when you roster build is like, do they really feel that way about DeAndre? And that's the biggest thing is if, if book and Katie are like, okay, we can, we know that these things exist, but we like this person as a teammate. We want to ride with him. We want to try to help him help us and build him up. Then yeah, this shouldn't be a discussion until you get a really good trade offer. Yeah. But I don't know if they really don't believe in him, then yeah, that's a problem. And that's kind of what Wilbon might be suggesting is people don't believe in him internally. And that's the biggest thing is do your teammates believe in you? And to get into the wolfisms, if you want to throw one out there, since you hang out with Wolf all the time, I mean, <laughs> that's the crazy thing about DeAndre. Like 
just watching him in college at Arizona, his best game was the game they were at Oregon after Sean Miller basically like had to step aside when the ESPN report about Aiden getting payments or whatever came out. And he played like a mad person, and it's like, oh, there's something in there that when he's just like in turmoil and mad that he plays like a crazy good yeah, player. Which almost makes it more frustrating as a teammate. Right. Yeah. And then when you see the finals run, that's the same thing where it's like something is he's tapping into something else and then you don't see it these past few offs or playoff runs so i think that's the biggest thing is like how do you even do you know how to even reach him that's that's where i think they have to be at well i think you said it right there though too if his teammates don't believe in him and i'm not saying wilbon is saying that but wilbon's pretty connected around the league and it's not the first time we've heard somebody hint at that or even just flat out say it right uh, and it would make sense now a lot of these teammates are different because the, there's been so much turnover on the roster but the most important one is still here in Devin Booker and if Devin Booker it's not even like it's not like Devin Booker would have to be like get this guy out of here it's right. just a matter of if he doesn't believe in him if he doesn't feel like he can trust him in a big situation I, I yeah you you would have to move DA at that point everything else aside because the other thing Wilbon said in there and it's really hard to argue with this and to me it's the most concerning thing going into this season is it all hinges on D.A. Like, Kellen and I were talking about this yesterday, I believe, where it was like if D.A. plays the way he did in the uh, in the playoffs a few years ago and everybody else, the big three, stays healthy, they're probably going to win the title. But if he doesn't play that way, it's going to be really hard for them to get deep into the playoffs again. You've invested so much of your future and your assets and your money and your emotion and your fans' energy and everything into having this big three, and yet it still hinges on DeAndre Ayton. That's worrisome to me. Yeah, and and to me, it, uh, just to jump back into time, the veto power of him matters that trades might have been out there and he doesn't want to go somewhere. So uh, to some degree, it is on him and him buying in even when Monty this past season obviously they had a rough off season he bought in to some degree um I, I don't know if they could have gotten more and if it was just like it wasn't salvageable or whatever but he bought in and, and does care about his teammates and it's just a matter of like him understanding when he can take it to another level and if if he's capable of doing that so I think that's where he's at in his career is like can you reach him and get him to another level of I guess accountability yeah, that's the question. I just I think most of us sort of assumed as you were adding Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, that question would would mean a little bit less. The answer would mean a little bit less, and instead here we are. You can make a case it means even more now. Kevin, I know you got a busy day with everything going on uh, around the world of sports, and you you know running a website and everything. So thanks for stopping in. We're going to bring in a third co-host here in a minute. All right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, if you see Steve out there, can you just send him in here? Yeah, trade. Uh, 